Welcome to the SAMA Podcast, where we talk to the most experienced people in B2B to find answers to one simple question. How can you become and remain essential to your strategic customers? Tune in as our guests reveal what it takes to become the supplier they cannot afford to lose. Learn how to level up your account management strategies to promptly deliver speed, convenience, and success to each customer. Let's jump into the discussion right now with Denise Fryer and Harvey Dunham. Hello, and welcome to the SAMA podcast. I'm Denise Fryer, President and CEO of SAMA. And today we have an extra special guest with us, one of the most compelling and captivating voices in professional sales and strategic account management. As President and CEO of Whetstone Incorporated, a management consulting firm, Adrian Davis is an internationally recognized, thought-provoking speaker, author, and trusted advisor to CEOs and to sales leaders. He's a longtime friend of SAMA and a frequent speaker at our conferences. Adrian is often called upon to address executive teams in sales groups selling value and sales excellence. Now, he's a truly gifted storyteller. Adrian leverages his deep insight into sales and the buying process to inspire salespeople to reach higher levels of performance. And he did that in his previous book, Human to Human Selling. Now in his new book, Heroes, Villains, and the Thrill of Professional Selling, Adrian applies the hero's journey to real-life examples, compelling stories, and templates to guide sales professionals like you. In the book, he also explains how it can be helpful to view different clients in sales environments through the lens of movie genres. It's absolutely a fascinating read, and I can't recommend it enough. So, Adrian, we are delighted, as always, to have you here with us today. Uh, Thank you so much, Denise. I'm really grateful to be here. I love the SAMA community, and just thank you so much for having me. We couldn't be happier. I really like the book's underlying theme, where it's about improving your chances to win by having the best buying experience for your customer. There are so many factors in creating a good buying experience, external and internal factors, that this is critical in most sales situations. So what prompted you to focus on the buying experience and really compare that to the movie genres? It's a great question. I'm going to answer it actually in two parts because they happen separately. The first part, focusing on the buying experience, it was late in my sales career. I was working for a software company out of Silicon Valley, and they had invested significantly in a sales process. And they tweaked the CRM to follow the process. And all of us salespeople were expected to follow this sales process really in a detailed way. And my immediate manager went on vacation. And almost like the day after he went on vacation, Denise, I got a lead that came in from a major telco in Canada. And in talking with this person, I figured out very quickly they were way down the line. They had done all the homework. They boiled it down to two firms. It was our firm and a major competitor. And they were ready to pull the trigger as long as certain concerns that they had were addressed. Because of the size of the opportunity, I basically pulled the fire alarm. And I had all of our executives fly into Toronto, where I was living at the time, for this meeting. And I orchestrated the whole thing. I figured out exactly who their executives were, 
who our executives needed to address, what the concerns they needed to address. Anyway, my manager comes back from vacation and he sees this meeting in his calendar and he sees the CEO and all of our VPs, executive vice president, all attending this meeting that before he left for vacation, it wasn't even on the radar. And so he comes back and to say he was furious would be an understatement. So he called me, he was panicked, like, what is going on here? The exposure for him, and it completely violated the sales process. And that's when I became sensitive, Denise, to the buying process. We cannot subject this. They're ready to go. They they know who we are. There's just a few concerns they have. And so anyway, we had the meeting. And that evening, they signed a pilot, which was a million-dollar pilot. The, the project was probably $30 million. We didn't get the project in the end, but we got the pilot. And it was just a big lesson to me that the sales process is important, but it's only important insofar as it organizes us and helps us to be organized in our work in order to support the customer in their buying process. So that's the first part, answer to your question, is towards the end of my sales career, when I was holding a bag, that I realized, wow, this is about the buyer and supporting their process. Now, in terms of relating this to movies, that came later. And what happened there, Denise, is I figured out again through sales, the importance of storytelling. And it was just powerful. I realized stories were more powerful than the demonstrations we would do. That's these sales that I was winning, I was winning on the strength of story. When I started Whetstone over two decades ago, I was attending a conference for professional speakers. And one of the speakers addressed the subject of storytelling. So I saw that as a breakout. I thought, I've got to go to that because I know stories are compelling. And he shared with me or shared with the audience, uh, Denise, the hero's journey. And he explained how he was this struggling journalist and nobody was, was taking any interest in his stories, in his articles. And then he discovered the hero's journey as a framework for writing. And he started to use that. And his whole career, tra- the trajectory of his career changed. But when he presented the hero's journey, I sat in the audience and I thought, that's exactly what I do. I just didn't have words for it. And then I became sensitive to it in all story from movies, plays, novels. And I just became sensitive to that and then just began tweaking the language that I use in my training to conform to the hero's journey. Before I ask you more about the hero's journey, I have to go back to your story. Would you do the big CEO call again? Knowing what you know now, would you have done that same? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was the, in fact, so what happened was these guys flew up on their private jet and they just made sure that I had a couple of other calls for them to go to as well. So that was great for me. I got to fly in this (laughs) private jet to go to different parts of Canada, all like in a day, I think we did three calls. So it was a great use of their time, but absolutely. In fact, the CEO, when we were flying out to Nova Scotia, the first meeting was in Toronto, then we flew out to Nova Scotia. And he actually said on the flight to everybody there, this was the most organized sales call he had ever been on. So it was just the right call. It, it just threw my manager for a loop. He just he was so stuck on our sales process and was furious that all of a sudden we were at the end of the process. But before he left, we hadn't begun it. But 100%, it was just a lucky break for me. But it was the exact right thing to do, to make sure that we were conforming to the needs of the buyer rather than trying to get them to conform to our needs. That's a great lesson for all of us. So let's talk a little bit more about the hero's journey. Could you summarize that quickly for the audience so they understand what that is? Uh, I would love to. So yeah, so first of all, in a nutshell, an an archetype 
which means that it's a framework that's embedded in the collective subconscious. So all of us know this uh, because from childhood, we get told these nursery rhymes. We go to great movies that are blockbusters. We read novels. And the great storytellers for thousands of years have been using this archetype to frame their stories because it's the way that our, our minds naturally work. It's the way that our minds tell us stories about ourselves, about our own experiences. So that's the first thing I'd want everybody to understand is that when we utilize the hero's journey, we're utilizing something that is extremely familiar to everybody that we talk to. So it's something that they will quickly be able to translate what we're saying because their mind is set up to accommodate that framework. And then to simplify it, and in the book, what I do is I people like Joseph Campbell, who really go into this very in a lot of depth, his book is The Hero with a Thousand Faces. It can get very complex at a psychological level. I just simplify it for our salespeople in some simple, so five simple steps. First, the hero, we have to identify who is the hero. It's not us. It's our customer. And that hero is motivated to achieve something. They have a goal. So that's where we start. Who's the hero? What's their goal? And just the way life is, Denise, we all know this, nothing is free. If we want something worthwhile, there's opposition to it. There are obstacles to overcome. And so the hero encounters obstacles, first in the form of an external, we call it a villain or an adversary, an external force, an external pressure that is jeopardizing the ability to achieve this goal. Because the force is external, and the hero has no control over it, the hero loses control and falls into this pit of despair where they suffer. And that's a critical part of the plot line because suffering drives introspection. I'm suffering, everything is going, the things that I used to do that used to work, my success formula as an executive. You notice, for example, if an executive starts a new role in a new company, within a matter of months, they bring their suppliers because they're surrounded by a team of people that they can rely on and they have a way of succeeding. I call it their success formula. And it gives them a sense of control over the circumstances. They lose all of that in the pit of despair and they lose that sense of control. So now because the villain is something they didn't anticipate and something they can't control, the suffering that they're enduring drives introspection. And that's where they have to turn to, okay, what can I change? And the answer is me. So that focuses attention on the internal flaw, the hero's flaw or weakness. And that's what has to change. And often to change it significantly or even permanently, they need outside help. And that's where the special resource appears, the mentor, to help them through this and help them out of the pit of despair, where they're then able to overcome these adverse circumstances and win and be triumphant. Certainly, they're transformed in the process and they enter the new world coming out of this pit of despair. They're now successful, but most importantly, they've changed as a result. And so that is the simplified plot line of the hero's journey. It's hard not for me now, it's hard not to watch a movie or a play or read a book and not see this. And often my wife will actually turn to me and say, well, how would you explain this with the hero's journey? And so we're constantly deciphering the movies we watch or the shows we watch using this framework because the great storytellers use it, it's everywhere. And to me, Denise, this is why it's so powerful using it in our strategic accounts. 
because it is so familiar. So we can pull our team around us and say, okay, this is the hero. This is what they're motivated. This is what they're trying to accomplish. Here's how the world is changing around them in ways that are adversarial and in ways they can't control. And here's how they'll suffer as a result. Now, here is the internal process or infrastructure that needs to change if they're going to be successful. This is our contribution. This is our intervention. This is how we're going to help them be successful. And this is what the new world is going to look like for them. Very simple language, it's not technical language. And because it's so familiar, everybody gets it right away. And now we can work as a unified team as that special resource to help the hero. Sam or the CAM, the strategic account manager in this very important role of special resource. How does the SAM get ready for that? And does he see it? What if there's not a big despair? I mean, I just didn't know if there was some way to help that SAM get ready for that. Yeah, I love this question because first of all, that is the role of the SAM. It's not to be the hero. And, And again, the hero's journey is an archetype. It's a natural framework because the brain tells us stories in such a way that we are the center of the universe. We're born with this mindset that we are at the center and everything happens around us. And it's hard to shake that. There's a part of us that's extremely self-centered. If we're going to be successful as leaders of strategic accounts, we're going to be successful because of our ability to empathize and our ability to no longer occupy that central role as a stakeholder within the account is the hero. And we then want to be that role of the special resource. The best way we can prepare for that role is to do our discovery and to understand, like, who is the hero and what is their strategic goal? And many of these larger accounts, they have their annual reports and they will publish strategically what they're trying to accomplish and what they're putting themselves on the hook to accomplish over the next few years. We need to understand that. Then we need to go further, Denise, and understand how is the world changing? What's going on right now in end of all end of the summer, where we're now dealing with these um, fires in Hawaii, this devastation? Constantly, there are things like this. There's war. There's inflation. There's shrinking labor pool. There's artificial intelligence and automation. It's it's nonstop the way the world is changing. We need our SAMs to be able to take that, widen the aperture. And look at that big picture through that big picture lens of, for this account, how is the world changing in adversarial ways to the strategic goal? We have to understand the strategic goal first. Then how is the world changing in ways that are adversarial to that goal? That's really the starting point. And then to try to understand, okay, if the world continues to change in these adversarial ways, what becomes obsolete for them? What are their internal processes that may have worked yesterday? But going into the future, it's actually going to be a handicap for them. And that's our opportunity to help. So what might our intervention look like? And then how do we bring them into this new world where they are transformed the way they operated before we showed up? And then there's the way they will operate in the future as a result of our intervention. I think to the extent, Denise, that the SAMs can be cognizant of this landscape and then show up meeting with these executives talking at this higher, more holistic level, rather than showing up trying to sell a product or a service. And it really does take a deep level of discovery to understand that strategic goal. I think that they have to 
understand that entire buying experience, right? So how can they get a little bit more aware of what that customer's process is so that they can focus their time on that? Well, Sam is fantastic at this in terms of the the five competencies and the seven-step process. And we teach in, in Core Zero the fundamentals of strategic account management that discovery is the primary step. Of the seven steps, the most important step is discovery. And part of that discovery process or discovery step is understanding the buying process of your customer, how, the decision-making process of the customer. Who are the stakeholders? For this type of decision, what does the process or the paperwork to make this sort of approval look like? What typically is the budget for these types of initiatives? Where would initiatives like this typically get blocked? When you've done so, have you encountered obstacles? So I think the account manager having the patience, and you just absolutely said it right, that this discovery process must be thorough. And many times I would say, Denise, because of our impatience and maybe our motivation to achieve our goals, we tend to short circuit or short change the discovery process. And so my advice to Sam's would be to slow down and to really just do a quality job of that step of discovery and be very, very thorough. You actually have to slow down in order right. to speed up. If you skip that step or short change it, you'll find yourself having to come back to it later and maybe not being able to have the impact ever again that you could have had you done a more thorough job of understanding the buyer. You know, when I think through doing that thorough job, there is a concept in your book that really intrigued me. And it was this idea of needing an inside outsider and an outside yes. insider that I really think would help here. Would you describe that to very, us? Very good. Uh, great. I'm glad you zeroed in on that because that really is perhaps the pivot point for us bringing these transformational changes to an organization. I would say, Denise, the bigger the change, the bigger the transformation that we're going to bring to an organization, the greater our value. But the bigger the transformation, the greater the resistance there will be to that transformation, the greater the difficulty there will be in implementing that transformation. So I say that to say this, that change cannot be pushed onto an organization. It must be pulled into the organization from within. And that comes from what I call the inside outsider. It's somebody who's inside the organization, but they're outside of the status quo. In fact, before this call, Denise, I just had a call with an inside outsider. In this case, it was a team, and they are part of a learning and development organization. And they see the challenges that the SAMs are having, and they, they see the need for the organization to embrace strategic accounts differently. So they understand all of this. The strategic account managers, I, I don't want to jump ahead, but if I'm sure if I were to interview them, they'd say, I'm good. We're really good at what we do. We've been doing this for decades. We know what we're doing. So they don't see the need to change. They're happy with the status quo. And in fact, the status quo makes organizations efficient. Without the status quo, we'd have to be reinventing the wheel every day. So the status quo is important and people get comfortable with it. So to bring change to people who are comfortable with the status quo is impossible. We need to find somebody, at least one person, initially a community of people within the organization who've had it with the status quo. They see the external changes happening and they realize if the organization continues doing things the way that they're doing it, we're going to get into trouble. So they're inside, but they're outside of the status quo. And they're looking for help 
in showing the rest of the organization how to change. So that's who we're looking for, the person who's motivated to help transform the organization. In order to do that, then we have to be the counterpart to that person or that community. And is the outside insider. We're outside of the organization, but we've become an insider. Because of our thorough discovery, we have really learned how this organization functions. We've learned the personalities and the politics and the history and the culture. We've learned why intelligent people will fight to keep the status quo. We can empathize with them. I understand why these strategic account managers think they don't need to change. And because I come to understand the politics of the organization, the personalities, I can be of that much more help as a guide to the inside outsider. So now we can collaborate on how do I help you pull this transformation into the organization? And I would say for strategic account managers, particularly, it's important for all salespeople, but for strategic account managers in particular, finding that inside outsider and partnering with them as the outside insider is perhaps the most critical piece of information in the book. I was just thinking about how difficult it is to find that person. And we all know it. All of our customers have that status quo. All of our internal teams have that status quo. It is difficult to find that person. I guess doing really, really good stakeholder management and uh, discovery that, and, helps and also us. I think yeah. looking for the point of pain. So what we're looking for is how the world is changing. The world is constantly changing. There's no industry where we can sit back and say, everything's just going to stay the same for the next decade. Not everything is constantly changing. We're in this time of disruption. So it's being sensitive to the disruptive factors within an industry and then being able to extrapolate from that where is the pressure most likely to be felt inside the organization? Because that pain point is really our point of access. If we can, maybe it's manufacturing, maybe it's nursing, maybe it's quality, maybe it's learning and development. Because of these external changes, what is the pressure point within the organization that is most likely going to experience difficulty and pain? And I would say that's typically where we'll find the inside outside. Because the rest of the organization isn't feeling the pain yet, but it's going to travel through the rest of the organization, just it's being felt here first. Good advice. As I'm thinking about this, one thing you mentioned earlier was the art of storytelling. And I wonder how that could help express the value proposition around this pain point. And how can you give some advice to us on how we can actually do better at that? So, so first of all, I would say, do storytelling, right? So first of all, and I think great salespeople do this naturally. They just figure it out. And when I write along with really top performers, they just do this very naturally, especially if they're coming up through the technical side, they tend to want to rely on data. And that just, it's not compelling. And it's very forgettable. Stories frame data and frame content in a way that's memorable. So I would say number one is like, just let's just tell stories and they don't have to be perfect. It's surprising how unperfect they can be and still be effective. And then secondly, in the book, I provide a very simple framework that begins with story listening. And we've been talking about discovery. We never want to tell stories into a vacuum. We always want to tell stories into the motivation of the mind. So we want to understand what does this person want? And we need to have discovered what they want and what's impacting or jeopardizing what they want. When we understand that, that's really the ticket to pivot 
into storytelling. And we want to tell our stories using a simplified version of the hero's journey and actually provide in the book a template with some trigger words that really do the heavy emotional lifting. So there's words, for example, like you and unfortunately, and as a result, and I explain in the book why these words carry so much emotional impact that if you use these words and just plug in your content after these trigger words, they will do the emotional heavy lifting for you with your content. As you become more comfortable with the impact of, I call these sort of training wheels, and as you've ridden the bicycle a few times with the training wheels, and now you can keep your balance, you can take the training wheels off because now you understand what you're saying and why. I think that the templates and the guidance that you provide in the book is so important to Sam's to get really moving forward on this. So describe some of these templates and how-tos. I think you had hundreds of questions to ask in there. I mean, please say more about that. Yeah, and and I'm glad you asked this, Denise, because this is one of the reasons I'm so proud of this book. On the one hand, it provides theory in a fresh way, kind of a familiar and fresh way at the same time. It's like, I know this, but I've never thought about this for sales or for account management. So there's that. But then the other side of it is it's practical. You can read this book, you'll read a chapter in the book and begin applying it right away because I provide templates and tools and some techniques that you can take and apply right away. So some of the templates around story listening, I provide a discovery storyboard. What to actually listen for when you're doing your discovery? What are the key elements you need to uncover in the way that this stakeholder is telling a story to themselves? What is the story they're telling to themselves that you want to intercept and actually make a better story? So there's a story, a discovery, a discovery storyboard. Then once you understand the story they're telling to themselves, you want to participate in the conversation they're having with themselves. So I provide a storytelling template. How do you share a success story that shows in a similar situation how you've made someone else successful? And to tell that in a way that immediately, and I'll tell you through my career, I didn't know why, I just knew stories work. And so I was telling stories and they were working, I just didn't know why. I explain now in the book, the psychological reasons why stories work. We provide a template, as I mentioned, with that gives you some trigger words that will do the emotional lifting for you. So there's the storytelling, uh, the storyboard. Then I provide what I call the production storyboard. That is, now that I've accepted your value proposition, and we're now going to go into project mode, initiative mode, we're going to do something together, you should still use the hero's journey as a framework to guide the implementation of your intervention. And so I provide a movie storyboard to say, these are the fundamental elements you should have. Everybody on both teams should be clear about the movie that we're, the story that we're going to create together. You mentioned a hundred questions. So in the book is a bonus that I provide a hundred discovery questions because we've said discovery is the most important step in the SAM process. But sometimes people ask the same questions over and over again, or they don't know what to ask. And so we provide a guide, I call it GPS times two, which tells you on the journey, what are the key elements you need to uncover? And then I provide a hundred questions that I've gathered over my years in sales and account management that it's not that you should go and ask your your customer a hundred questions. It's not an interrogation, but sometimes you just see one or two questions there and it triggers, it's like a thought starter. It's like, you know what? I don't know that. I need to find that out. It's a nice little stimulus to say, let's be a bit creative 
in the conversation we're going to have with our customer. And let's make sure we're uncovering the best information. It really is kind of an end-to-end guide in looking at this book on how you can get through the discovery process, the actual getting the value down and implementing that project. Is there any key things or like, what do you have to get right? Anything you would like to share with the audience? I'm just making those key points come out. Yeah, very good. Great question, Denise. I would say a couple of things. I hope what people take away from this book, and even though you said it's end-to-end, it's not an encyclopedia. It's actually an easy read, but you're right. It is end-to-end. But I think the most important takeaway is the fact that everybody wants something. And when I started my sales career over 35 years ago, I read a book from Zig Ziglar, and I think people who've been around a long time will know Zig Ziglar. Some of our newer people might not have heard of him, but he's really the pioneer in terms of motivational speaking and sales training. And I just read a simple quote from him that I never forgot. And in fact, I would say it's more true today than it was 35 years ago when I read it. And he said this, you can get everything you want in the world as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And that transformed my life. It's like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out what people want, and I'm going to help them to get it. And that's how I'll be rewarded. So the whole notion of win-win really means you win after your customer wins. So be obsessed on getting your customer to win. Be obsessed on making your customer the hero, and you will win as a result. So having said that, sort of the fundamental, the key to your customer is don't show up in your customer's story trying to be the hero in their story. That's number one. Number two, the hero is motivated. The hero wants something. The better you can figure out what the hero really wants, the more they will see you as part of their team, the more they will see you as a real partner. So what do they want? That's really the linchpin. Once you understand that, How is the world changing in ways that are adversarial to that goal that they can't control? That makes them vulnerable, gives them a sense of loss of control. And then once you help them understand how they will suffer if they don't take action, if they stay with the status quo, your value is not to fix the villain, the external forces. Your value is to work with the hero as that special resource to address their flaw. And their flaw could have been a strength last year, last decade. But because of how the world has changed, they cannot carry that strength forward. It has become a weakness. So finding the weakness in the context of the hero's journey, that's the key takeaway, because that's where you create value. And then you help them transform in a way that they are now stronger, better, faster, wiser, more capable as a result of your intervention and able to achieve their goal. Adrian, it is so motivating to hear you share this story and to really bring this to the SAM community. So we appreciate that so much. What's the best way for people to get your book? It's actually available on pre-order now. It comes out on September 5th. Just go to Amazon and search uh, for my name or search for Heroes, Villains, and the Thrill of Professional Selling. And that's really what it's all about. It's about our heroes. The world is changing in adverse ways to their goal adversarial ways to their goal. And it's a thrill to actually work with people at this level to really help them achieve what is strategically important to them and their organizations. Adrian, thank you again for being with us today. And we'll make sure that these notes are in our publications so people can think back and look at that and know how to get the book. Any final words for the audience? Make sure you're a member of the SAMA community. 
make sure you're taking advantage of the SAMA resources. So I'm one of many, many resources within SAMA. In working with my customers, many times they tell me privately, they didn't realize how many resources SAMA has available to them. But there's, there's that inside outsider who says we need to change. And then they start delving into what's available within the SAMA portal and the SAMA resources and, and the networks that you guys have. So I think if you're very, very serious about engaging your customers at a strategic level, of course, I'm going to recommend you get the book. It's a, it's a nice, easy read. But I think most importantly, optimize your utilization of the SAMA resources and the SAMA community. Well, thank you so much for that. And of course, SAMA is built on sharing stories and sharing best practices. So absolutely, we are certainly aligned with that. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thanks to our audience for listening here. We will make sure that you have this information available to you. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks so much, Denise. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope today's wisdom will lead you down the path of experiencing success in your profession. Remember, the key to successful strategic account management is discovering where your customer wants to go and helping them get there. Subscribe to our podcasts at strategicaccounts.org. We hope you'll leave a positive rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If there's something we can do to improve our podcasts, please let us know. That's all for today. See you on the next one.